Hello, survivors, and welcome back to the Apocalypse Postcast. I'm, of course, your host, Makeshift. And several weeks back, I posted a video from our friend Travis Blankenbaker on how he recycles used motor oil to run in his Apocalypse bug-out vehicle called Atomic Annie. But I wanted to go even deeper on the whole process with him as well. So if you want to learn all about how to power up your ride when there's no more guzzoline, this episode is for you. My guest today is a wastelander, black thumb, welder, and medieval armorsmith, which is how he came to the post-apocalypse world. His Wasteland vehicle won Best in Show at the Wasteland Weekend Car Show in 2022 and is an absolutely incredible build. I can uh, attest to this firsthand. But without further ado or a don't, let's jump in with Travis and go for a ride. Did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? All right. Well, let's welcome to the Apocalypse Post, Travis Shepard Blankenbaker. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, I will have already introduced a little bit about what we're going to talk about today and a little bit about you. But why don't you um, go ahead and kind of give me just your, you know, who are you? Where are you from? And what are you doing? Um, I my name is Travis Blankenbaker. I'm going. I go by Shepherd in the Wastes, and I have uh, built my own wasteland rig, like many others have. Uh, mine's a little bit bigger than most. Uh, also, everything on mine actually, you know, tries to cosmetically be, you know, aesthetically of Mad Max uh, genres. But I also try to make everything fully functional. Um, so everything on the rig is hundred percent functional. Um, that's, that's awesome. Cool. All right. So I'm going to even back us back up from there and say, all right, so the apocalypse hits today, tomorrow, we're going to need some things. We're going to need some food. We're going to need some shelter. But one of the things we might need is a bug out vehicle. It, did you build a bug out vehicle? Oh yes. Yeah. It's, uh, definitely qualifies for that. It's coming to handy a few times already, actually. Awesome. So give me a, give me an idea. Oh, first off, what is her name? Uh, I named my rig Atomic Annie, which is named after the 1950s artillery pieces that the U.S. Army built for uh, that actually had atomic projectiles. Which oh wow, the, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why uh, the nose art and everything for Atomic Annie is the gal riding an atomic uh, artillery shell. Yeah, and I absolutely love the art. Now, when you look at Atomic Annie, and uh, for for those of you watching this on YouTube, I'm going to try to actually put up a shot of this because I do have some videos of you. Uh, I already did a video of you doing Atomic mm -hmm. Annie, and um, yeah, you've given you gave us a full tour in that. Um, so I'm going to put you know some shots of that up in the YouTube version for you guys uh, listening. You're just going to have to go with what we. Uh, you know, the questions I ask and, and the way it gets described here. So why don't you describe for us what Atomic Annie is? Because I know it's it's a bit of a Frankenstein vehicle. Oh, it's absolutely a Frankenstein vehicle. Um, the base truck started as a 1972 F600, uh, two-ton truck. Uh, There's a big old feeder grain truck out of my stepmom's field. Had moved in 20 years. She told me, you get that out of my field, you can have it. So, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, was part of that, hey, get this out of my field. Just please take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had moved. Uh, I think 91 was the last time it had plates on it. Uh, had oh, my gosh. Five, six inches of dirt around the tires and 
This is a little bit of an adventure getting her moved. Um, That's wild. But I kind of took some inspiration from the War Rig and Fury Road. Oh, it has a car cab on the back of the truck cab. Um, so took off the grain right. feed bed, uh, built a new flatbed, and then cut the cab section of a 1951 Chrysler New Yorker and grafted it on behind cool. the truck cab. Uh, full functional six-door seat. It, all six doors work. Uh, Six-person seating. A little hallway in the center. And I thought, you know, if I'm if I'm gonna build a rig that I'm gonna go to Wasteland Weekend, or you know, uh, if heaven forbid I actually need to use it uh, as a bug out vehicle, <coughs> I you know I want uh, something set up for sleeping quarters. So uh, I put a truck bed camper up on the back of it, which brings everything Fantastic. to I think eleven feet high. And about twenty-seven feet long, and currently oh my about God. eighteen thousand pounds. Nine tons. So yep. there's there's probably a lot of places you can't go, right? Under bridges, over bridges, certain ones, right? Uh, most bridges, uh, most semi trucks actually run up to thirteen feet. So okay. most most stuff is fine. I do have to kind of watch. Uh, I'm in small town, central Wyoming. So there's like a, uh, <laughs> a there's a walk path bridge that I can't go under uh, for one of the local car shows. I have to kind of take the long way back through some alleys to get into that area. Um, uh, I've only had one gotcha, spot wow. that I couldn't go because of the weight, and it was um, mm. it's about a hundred year old uh, dam in a little bridge section over the spillway. Oh, okay. Now if I had another axle. Nine tons to be fine, but for only a twin axle, I think the limit was seven or something like that. Okay. All right. So it's one of those, one of those weird things where spread out your weight and you're good. Yep. Got it. Got it. Now, um, so you said it's made with a truck, a car body and a camper. Um, and with all that, even with all the height, you still have a ton of ground clearance and like some pretty capable tires on it, right? Oh yeah. Um, well, and all of that built it. And then in uh, 18, actually body swapped all of it onto a heavier international truck uh, with a d- that's now diesel. And yeah, I've got, oh, easily 15, 18 inches of ground clearance over most of the truck. Uh, the rear differential, of course, drops down to maybe 12 inches. And I think the front axle is right around 12 inches as well. Uh, even with the oh, wow. big grill guard, everybody's like, oh, you don't have any ground clearance. Like, um, my grill guard has 12 inches of ground clearance. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As you're building this, I'm sure you're you know, taking inspiration from different movies, from different post-apocalypse scenarios. Like, what is, is there like one particular scenario that you built it for? Because it kind of feels like, I don't know, maybe zombies are at play. But definitely, like, you're trying to keep some people away. Like, it's a protected beast in a way. Um, but also, it's got all the comforts of home. Right. I, I kind of actually try to apply it for as a general purpose. Um, if something does happen, I have no idea what it's going to be. Uh, could You know, whether right. it be, uh, you know, some type of viral outbreak or zombies or EMP, nuclear war. <laughs> um, nothing's going to be 
nothing's going to cover for every scenario. So I, right. if I can make it decent at most scenarios, I'll run with that. But yeah, it's definitely Perfect. armored. Um, not really heavily armored, but the doors do have armor and stuff on them, you know, for, um, you know, if anybody does get too froggy with it, but. <laughs> right on. Uh, and so you had, you had mentioned, um, I think you mentioned, maybe you did before, maybe you did after we started, I'm not sure. But uh, what did you build Atomic Annie for? Was there, I don't know, a particular event in mind? Oh, it was very much inspired to go for Wasteland Weekend. Um, I had found out about okay, the cool. event and like, man, I really want to go to this. And don't get me wrong. I love camping and I've got a hell of a good camp set up. Um, canvas tent. I do medieval events too. So, I mean, I've got a pretty good setup. I just don't want to camp in sand. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> I understand that. If, I, if I'm going to build, and I've always wanted to build a rig. I just can never really mm-hmm. justify it. Like, okay, am I ever going to use it? You know, am I going right. to, how do I justify the cost time? And with that and like, okay, if I make this rig and I make it like a camper, hmm, <laughs> I can use it for, uh, and I have actually, I have used it for just normal camping, uh, going to nice. reservoir and stuff. And yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, uh, how did uh, Wastelanders react when? Oh, how how do they react when they see your your rig ride by? Oh, all everybody always loves it. Always, uh, always a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first Wasteland I was at in seventeen um, got a minor one of the minor awards. I shouldn't say minor, but uh, one of the secondary awards at the car show uh, for awesome. most wa- Wasteland survival ready. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like yes. actual. Do you remember practical... who uh, who took first? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's Fifi Fury took first that year. Fifi Fury. Oh, uh, um, I don't know if I know that one, but but yeah, sweet. it's it's the big like uh, it's a seventies Fury on a probably a two ton truck with uh, gunner's hatch or gunner's pods or the doors are and like oh probably a, at least a dozen big old uh, boomsticks off the back and. Um, oh, fantastic! Yeah, hell of a rig. I no, I had no nice. qualms about losing to that rig. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then this year, um, uh, upgrades and everything else. Actually, I did make uh, best in show at the uh, Wasteland Car oh, Show. Congratulations! Thank you. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, yeah. So, what's your favorite thing to do with uh, with Annie when you get her out to Wasteland? Um. I love driving around and giving people rides. Um, and you'll, you'll see, I mean, it's part of um, the Mojave Express. If you can kind of see it. Uh, as far as yeah. basically, you know, running around, if uh, Wasteland can be a, it's pretty a, a good size event. Um, you know, if people are walking, you know, either, you know, hunt, hey, you need a ride? You know, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I don't think I've ever seen you not driving Annie around. That's pretty much just, you know, Annie's just doing loops the whole event. And it's, kind I mean, of, it's pretty cool. The honks, uh, horns honking, people jumping in, jumping out. You're giving tours of the thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's part that I love. I mean, I spend probably 
at least half, probably two-thirds of my time at Wasteland driving around. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not a not a bad gig to have. No, it's been a great time. I mean, one, to meet meet people and for for people that, you know, don't have friends that are Black Thumbs making this kind of stuff uh, or just mechanics, mm-hmm. not even Black Thumbs, but uh, that can, <laughs> you know, can actually freaking, hey, I get a, I got a ride in a freaking Wasteland rig. Oh, yeah, um, it's it's magic every single time. Yeah, I mean, like this uh, this last one, one of the best times or best parts of twenty two for me was uh, a gal that uh, became friends with and was able to uh, run around. She was running around in a wheelchair, and so I was able to, you know, we were able to get her up on the front of Annie, up sitting up on the front of the bumper, and just cruising mm-hmm. around the vet and everything with her up there was absolutely. She was having a blast. And oh, that's awesome. definitely one of, one of my high points of the event. That was, that was awesome. Fantastic. All right. So you, yeah, not everyone's a mechanic. I certainly am not. I mean, I've, I've done some oil changes. I've changed out some components, but man, when it comes to like, you know, swapping out an engine, um, redoing an entri- entire like drivetrain, um, bonding completely different body parts to a chassis and making them all work. Uh, where did you learn all this? Um, actually, I've been a professional welder for, oh, 20 some odd plus years. And actually, the okay, last, that's a good skill set. Oh, yeah. Um, last five or six years uh, have been a machinist. Um, and then oh, also wow. have done blacksmithing. Um, I make medieval armor, as you can see. Um so there's not much I can't do with metal, but I also have that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't go ahead. Oh, go ahead. There's also, yeah, we, uh, we, we're fighting of, a slight delay. So, so, we, so it's a little weird, but we'll, we'll work through it. Um, there's some kind of, uh, syndrome or anything. I don't know if it actually has a name, but I've heard it referred to as that, you know, if you have that, Oh, you know, you see something like, oh, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I can do uh-huh. that and I can do that. And have no, even if you don't have a clue how to do it. And sometimes, you know, uh, you bite off a whole lot more than you can chew. And then you just keep uh-huh. taking bigger bites until you can get it done uh, or figure out yep. how to do it. Yep. Yeah. So with all the different pieces you put together, um, it's not such a big deal in the Mojave Desert, but back home, I'm sure it is. Tell me, how many leaks have you had to plug? Um, one. Really? That is nuts. That's nuts. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I take it back. <laughs> no, so <laughs> the like, truth comes out. Just, no, as far as just a straight leak, um. Well, there was one in the camper. Um, the door, okay. all the door seals are seventy plus years old, so none of the door seals, especially oh, wow. in the um, the car, are anywhere close to sealing. So those I've slowly mm-hmm. been trying to replace, and getting actually factory ones is extremely difficult, if not very expensive, for a fifty one Chrysler. Um, I believe it. You, you can get them. Um, it's just, I'm not going to put that kind of money on them. 
So, uh-huh. um, you know, sealing up stuff like that, I've been using different types of weather seal. But as far as like uh, leaks in the pop riveting or any of the sheet metal work, any of the welds, no, they've all been fine. That's great. Oh, cool. And I, I, I suppose when it comes to a wasteland vehicle, it's like, uh, it's got a leak. It's going to rust. It's just going to look better. <laughs> well, to a degree. I mean, I live in Wyoming. There's been times that Annie's had a foot and a half of snow on her. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I try, I do try to, as they pop up, you know, huh, I need to fix that door seal or what I thought was fixed is not fixed. And I need to add more door seal to it. Uh-huh. Or, uh, thicker foam or, you know, uh, but the door seals have been the only thing that's really given me any kind of issue. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Not bad. Cause I mean, you know, I'm looking at where these different pieces of, of four different vehicles come together. And, uh, I mean, it's going to take a lot of work to get it all to stay in place. First off, I have no idea. I mean, you got to have a whole crane system to get it all where it needs to go. Right. Nope. Of some kind. Uh, no. <laughs> the only thing that we used really? to kind of, um, let's see, the cart built the entire flatbed on the truck. Um, and then got oh, the wow. car up there with, I think there was five of us. Uh, oh, okay. Just, so you had a little bit of help. Oh, yeah. It, well, we stripped all the doors. Actually, the doors on that thing are stupid heavy. Um, you know, <laughs> cut, off, cut it off the frame. And, you know, so we lightened it up as much as possible before we put it up there. Yeah. Um, the only thing I used any kind of machinery for was actually putting the camper up there. Um, I did use, borrow a forklift for that. Uh, other than that, yeah. even when we swapped, uh, when I swapped the entire body onto a different chassis, uh, that was all done in my two-car driveway in front of the house with no, no machinery. Oh, my gosh. And is it the same thing with the camper? Because you put like a truck bed camper on it. So did you just kind of put it on there like you normally would on a truck bed and then tack it in place with some, you know, little welding spots? Is that kind of um, <laughs> how far off am I? No, you're you're not that far off. Um, it's uh, it is screwed down. Uh, but so there I built up a frame underneath the camper to, for the camper to sit on. And then built okay. the rest of the frame, like all the doors and hatches on the side, after the camper was up there. So all of that is keeping the camper in place. Wow. Okay. So it does. So it can't really come off like you normally would with one of those truck campers, so that you could like drive around without it, right? Not easily. No. Yeah. No. Okay. And then that would leave. Very right, cool. Um, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that would leave the entire backside open too. It, the, oh, yeah, that's the, right. Because it opens up into the car cab, so you can walk right. all the way from yep. the camper uh, into the car into the truck. Actually, oh yeah, and um, so I've been in the camper. You've got some unique decorations in there. I'm th- specifically thinking about your wallpaper. Would uh, you tell me about that? Yeah, I I really am not a fan of 1970. The camper is a uh, I think it's 1972 or 73. And I'm not uh-huh. a huge fan of uh, imitation wood paneling. So, and wanting to keep <laughs> keep with the wasteland theme, um, actually, as a uh, my girlfriend at the time, Faye, came up with the idea of uh, using these old papers that we got 
that were from 1945 and 46 about using them as a decoupage wallpaper. And actually, she ended up doing all, well, I was I was doing all the mechanic build on it still at that time. Because uh, this was before I came out in 17. So mm -hmm. still the still the initial build. Um, she did all of the um, wallpaper in, uh, inside of old, uh, you know, 70-year-old newspapers. Uh, some of them, right. she, she ended up getting some replicas, like of the Titanic sinking, um, you know, the moon landing, stuff like that off of, I think it was eBay even. Um, oh, just cool. replicas, you know, not ones that are collectible or, you know, any kind of special value to them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, oh, that's awesome. And it looks really, it looks really cool. It definitely puts you in a frame of mind. Well, I love how when you're in uh, there, it, well, the kind of the thought behind it was she came up with the idea, but in like Fury Road, you have the history uh, people, the history woman or history men that have the tattoos all right. over them. The inside of Annie is a history book. It is the world ah, before right. the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Oh, so cool. So cool. And um, along the way, you know, I'm sure every bit of this project was uh, an engineering marvel. But one of the things that you did, I thought was pretty cool, was the back steps for the camper. Because the camper floor ends up, what, like four feet off the ground or something like that? So you had to figure out yeah. a way to get up there, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like four and a half, <laughs> five foot. Um, yeah. When it came out in 17, actually, I hadn't had a hadn't built the porch on it yet. So we were literally throwing a little, like, five-foot ladder out the back there. But um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I want, so I wanted a back porch, but I didn't want another, you know, four-foot hanging off the back of the truck. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, I've seen some, excuse me, um, I've seen some folks use these for, like, inside of houses, you know, uh, tiny homes and stuff, build them out of plywood. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I can build that. So, uh, yeah, so the entire <laughs> thing just just kind of scissors up and lays flat against the back of the camper. Yeah, so it's not like hanging out there when you're driving on the road and... Uh... And it looks really cool when you when you pull it down and and then boom you have a porch and you have stairs just ready to go. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you. That's it is one of just, the points. I'm, just so many of these things. Uh, it is one of the points I'm most proud of on the truck. <laughs> yeah, um, and guys, listening, I just want to remind you that on the Apocalypse Post on our YouTube channel, there is an Atomic Annie, like a full tour. Travis takes you on a full tour, points out a bunch of stuff along the way. I definitely encourage you to to check it out because. Um, First off, he's funny as all hell when he's showing off his stuff. <laughs> but also, there's just so many unique things built into Annie. It's just such a pleasure and, and uh, really neat to watch. But um, Travis, what I want to talk about is the episode that's going to come out um, at the same time as this podcast, uh, which is going to be all about the fuel you're using in this truck. So tell me, um, what does Annie run on? Well, currently... Annie is running on waste oil, waste motor oil. Um, so like WD forty? No, uh, not no. I meant DW ten. Oh shoot, I'm getting all my words all wrong. I'm embarrassing myself. Ten W five W. Yeah, that's the normal one. 
good. Yes. Oh, I got it wrong so many times. <laughs> All right, 10W30. So like 10W30? Yeah. I'm not editing that in. I'm I'm going with my mistakes. Good. Um so All right, cool. So so you're running on used motor oil. Um how how is this possible? When so initially Annie wasn't had a gas motor in her. Um and after not having that great of power and getting 5 miles a gallon, I decided I wanted to go with a diesel motor. Uh, I purposely chose a mechanical diesel engine. So anything built before mid-90s, whether it be Cummins, um, International, uh, even Power Strokes, the ID, excuse me, not the Power Strokes, but the IDI uh, diesels they had in Fords, were all mechanically driven. There wasn't any computer drive or anything. Um, all of those older diesel engines are a little bit looser tolerances and everything and they can okay. run on filtered motor oil um it that's wild because diesel is is kind of a it's more of an oil petroleum product than like gasoline right yes. because i've definitely heard about people using home heating oil to run their diesel engine because it's mm -hmm. practically the same thing is that yep. kind of you know, are we talking about all kind of the same stuff here uh yes uh well home heating oil is actually extremely close to diesel and kerosene it's more it's closer to diesel than it is to like 10w30 engine oil oh wow um, wow oh so it's even a step closer right um yeah they're nearly interchangeable um the, but don't do that because you're not supposed to. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason. I don't know about home heating oil, but that's like off-road diesels uh -huh. all died. They actually put a red dye in it so that it doesn't get used on the road. Um, oh, like gotcha. Right. Farm, farm equipment, construction equipment can use off-road diesel because it's cheaper because it doesn't have all the taxes on uh -huh. it. Uh, right. Yeah. But if, they, if they catch it with red diesel in the tank, it's pretty good fines. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. But the oil. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, go ahead. Oh, that was it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you were about to tell me why Atomic Annie can run on the used motor oil. So, with the diesel engine that I put in it, it's a 1981 International DT 466. Uh, it's real, super common in buses and heavy trucks. Well, medium trucks, excuse me. Not like the big semis, it's not that big. But um, being a mechanical diesel, it'll run on just about oil, any oil product. So um, now that's it, fantastic. It works best if you can start and stop on regular diesel. Uh, but once the engine's up and running, switch to uh, a used motor oil, and then uh, runs fine. You don't have to modify the engine or anything at all. Uh, if you're running a lot of motor oil, you can adjust your timing a little bit. It'll give you a little bit better burn, okay. a little bit better power, but uh, there's nothing required to change on your engine to do it. Uh, huh. 
Wait, so is this when, when I see in a movie where like, all right, so the airplane is out of gasoline or, or out of whatever it runs on, and then they take like a spirit, like a really hard alcohol, like a vodka or something, and they'll pour it in the engine. Is this kind of that same idea of like anything that burns can run an engine? Um, no, it's that the alcohol burning is more for gasoline motors. And that literally Okay, is, so that'll be that, that <laughs> that'll be my trick for my car. <laughs> everything to do with the actual uh, burning qualities of um, you know whatever high proof liquor you're using. Okay. Um, okay, that's good. All right, so um, tell me where do you get your used motor oil from? Like, because uh, I can't imagine it's easy to track down. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh yeah, Out, well, automotive shops, anybody, any place that does oil changes, uh, or places like I've got some of it comes from that I've gotten comes from um, a guy who works at a place they service uh, industrial generators. Um, but yeah, especially like any kind okay. of mechanic shops are really good. They'll, but a lot of them actually. So one of the other things that you can do with waste oil like this is they make heaters that run like big for shops for buildings that run on waste oil. Okay. And a lot of, uh, or at least around here, a lot of mechanic shops will use those to burn up the oil that they get from doing oil changes and, uh, stuff like that. Um, not oh, only wow. that is just, well, and are they, go ahead. Are, are they like happy to, are they happy to get rid of it or is it like cheaper for, for them to like give it away than to recycle it. Like why, why <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the question is here, but like, why, why do they just let you have it? I guess. Um, because then they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to find somebody to take it to, to recycle. Okay. Um, the, you know, the biggest thing is you got to make sure that it's clean. And when I say clean, that there's no uh, biggest thing is you don't want water in it. If you have water in the oil and you send it through your truck, it'll it can damage your engine pretty badly. So yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Okay. Um, and so, tell me why why are you using used motor oil versus like just going to the pump and using regular diesel for Annie? Um, a couple different reasons. The biggest thing is cost. Um, uh huh. Going like going, Annie gets eight miles a gallon, which for an eighteen thousand pound truck really ain't bad. Um, but that's not bad at all. That's about what I get uh, when I when I use my uh, Land Rover to tow my camper is about eight, uh, and I'm not anywhere close to eighteen thousand pounds. I'm closer to like maybe nine or ten when I'm driving. Right. But uh, it's gasoline. Right. And you know so. Uh, my last trip to Wasteland was like fifteen hundred bucks and just in fuel. Uh, so yeah. you know, uh, if I can cut that down, even even better. But the other thing, one of the reasons I uh -huh. chose the motor that I did <coughs> is because it can run on waste oil. Um, so if you know um, the need arose, yeah, I could go scavenging uh, waste oil and have a lot more fuel options available to me than gasoline or straight diesel. Oh yeah. So now we're talking about that, like that actual post-apocalyptic scenario where you still want to get around, but uh, no one's refining fuel anymore. 
and gasoline. Uh, well, tell me, what's the shelf life of gasoline versus diesel? Well, the, uh, um, the biggest thing is diesel does have a longer shelf life, um, and it can be years. Uh, there's plenty of folks and videos and everything saying that, oh, gas goes bad after four weeks. Okay, maybe it does it start to degrade? Sure. I'm not a, I'm, I don't claim to be a, uh, a fuel engineer. But I do know my, da- my dad's Corvette had 10-year-old gasoline in it. We got it to uh-huh. run on it and ran fine. You know, it, oh. would it, would it win oh, wow. any, was it going to win any races? No. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it didn't have the power that good fuel has, but it'll still run. Um, oh, gotcha. gen- generally speaking, gasoline, you're, you are looking at a couple years, anything past maybe three or four, it's going to start turning, it actually starts turning into a type of varnish. Yeah, because it starts to get like really um, greasy, right? Like just sticky, uh, like gelatinized, almost, right? Uh, sticky, uh, yeah, like it's uh, like a paint-on varnish you use for like sealing wood. Uh huh. Like a polyurethane, something like yeah. that. It kind of turns into that. Yeah. Um, eventually, and there was a scene in The Last of Us where they're kind of. Uh, did you watch The Last of Us on HBO? No, I, I think I've heard about this scene though. Where he like jumps in a truck oh, and just okay. tries to well, fire um, it up or something. When, um, well, he's he's trying to fuel up the car because they're going from like Boston all the way west, and I think they make it as far as what Kansas City or something like that before they lose the car. Spoilers, um, but uh, along the way, they make a point that he's siphoning gas from all the all the uh, cars left on the road, and we're talking. It's been twenty years since you know the apocalypse happened uh and so he they have to stop like often because he said the gas is so degraded it it just burns up really fast um but uh yeah it's really interesting just how quickly gas degrades and i wasn't sure if the science was right on that like he's he basically i think he said it was like it turned into more like water in a weird way um Um, i forget exactly what he said on the show but yeah basically it just didn't have the same power used to right well and part of the problem if you're looking at gasoline and you're wanting to store it or you're looking at long term you really uh if you get the ethanol free gasoline it lasts a lot longer um ethanol absorbs water and it'll do it out of the uh atmosphere too so yeah over time and everything it, it does degrade so ethanol huh. free gas yeah. is a little bit better. But okay. you know what doesn't degrade and like that? What's that? Motor oil? At all? Like like it doesn't degrade at all? Um maybe a little bit. It may not have quite the viscosity uh, as far as okay. being used as a motor oil. But mm-hmm. um I can run any on 50 year old oil and it won't give a shit no way no way see that that makes a big difference because yeah if all the gas is getting gummed up and i know that they always say don't use old gas like even my lawnmower right if i leave the gas in there over the winter which i do every year which means i have to clean the carburetor (laughs) 
<laughs> because the carburetor gets all gummed up and suddenly the valves aren't working or what I don't even know all this stuff. But uh but yeah, that's pretty wild to just throw in like the super old oil and and be fine. The biggest thing and this is now I do want to need to clarify something here back up a little bit. When I'm using motor oil, okay. um I do have to filter it because I got to make sure there doesn't have any uh, dirt, metal particles, whatever. And then I have to dilute it, actually. I have to thin it with about 15 to 20% gasoline. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with like, the gas gasoline being uh, flammable. It is just to make the oil thinner so that it can flow through the fuel pump system. Oh, wow. And that's regular gasoline, like non-diesel? Yep. See, now this is just, for me, like, <laughs> all right, diesel cars. Diesel cars get diesel fuel. Gasoline cars get get gasoline. And now you're blowing my mind saying, yeah, just put a little bit of gasoline in your diesel car and you can run off motor oil. No problem. <laughs> well, you want, you want the gas to mix with your oil, like do it in a barrel or whatever before you put okay. it in. Okay. Before you put it into the vehicle. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, but the cool thing with that is it can be old stale gas. That was going to be my next question because, all right, apocalypse scenario. We're going to go, we're going to go, what, drain some engines, maybe go to like, uh, you know, where the old auto zones were, find their 50 gallon drums of like returned motor oil in the back. Um, but yeah, now we still need a little bit of gasoline to dilute it can I use the old stuff? And you're saying we can. Yep. Yep. And what's funny is it's this not is just, mo- it's not just motor oil. You can do motor oil, um, automatic transmission fluid. Actually that one works really well. Um, gear huh. oil from a manual transmission, uh, your oil out of your differential, uh, your front rear axles. Um, you can use that pretty much. Now the only thing you don't want to use is brake fluid. Um, it has something in it that doesn't, um, just doesn't work well with, in a diesel motor, but every other wow. oil wow. product in your in a vehicle can be burned in an older mechanical diesel. This is wild because like, all right, so I'm thinking about all the specifics that modern cars need, right? I'm going to go back. I've got a Land Rover LR4. It absolutely has to have premium. If you put regular in it, you're going to, I mean, you're not going to destroy your engine, but your your engine is not going to be happy with you. Um, right. And then the the oil requirements, you know, whether it's 5W30 or, or 10W10 or whatever it happens to be, like they all require very specific things. And we've got brake fluid and we've got transmission fluid and we've got gear oil, all these different, very specified things. And now you're telling me throw all that out the window <laughs> minus the brake fluid because pour it on in, we're going for a ride. <laughs> I love that. Yep. It kind of takes us back to like, you know, I, I can't imagine the refining process was so uh, well-refined back when cars were a brand new thing. And so, you know, just take some oil, uh, maybe, you know, set it through a, a, a single refining process and let's burn this thing. Let's go. We got places to be. Well, if I'm remembering right, and I know somebody will probably comment on this that, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not holding my information right, that I want to say it was Daimler. One of the German companies, uh, diesel engines were built before gasoline engines. So they were. Well, that makes were, sense because they, they, yeah, because they're a lot simpler, right? Um, a little bit. Um, Just no spark have, plugs, no. 
Right. There's a, a few things that, that are simpler. Extra stuff. But the fuel, yeah. you know, when you're running <laughs> off of, when you haven't, nobody's refining gasoline yet. I'm talking 1880s. But you can run uh-huh. off of a kerosene type oil. You make a motor that can run off of oil, you know, kerosene, that kind of uh, fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Ker- kerosene and diesel are nearly identical as well. It's it's just it it blows my mind. And I know it all comes from the same stuff, right? We're we're talking about like some some old dino grease is what right. it all is, but it's just the refining process and exactly, you know, what level of quality because I know that like when they have the raw oil, they'll say, "All right, here's the good sweet crude. Let's make gasoline with that. Here's the tar sands you know, gross stuff. Let's make some, uh, some heavier stuff with it. Uh, it is really, really fascinating. Just all the, you know, technology we've come up with in 150 years of vehicles. Yeah. I could totally go on and actually how they refine that, but I'll, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save that. We'll save that for another day. Cause I want to know, um, you said you had to, um, filter the oil out and I know you made your own rig cause you showed this on your Facebook group, which is how I even found out about it. No, on your mm-hmm. Facebook profile. Um, tell me about the, about your filter rig and like what the process is. Well, there's t- two major ways that people do. And it's, this is definitely not just me. There's plenty of folks that do this and I've been doing it for decades. Like the old trucking companies before emissions was a thing back in seventies and eighties. They did an oil change on their semi. They would take the old oil, dump it right back in the fuel tank. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. But so the be- one of the best ways to do it, there's you can run it through a filter, uh, some kind of a sock filter. And in a pinch, I've seen guys actually, and not even in a pinch, I've seen some guys just doing it very thrifty and using bed sheets. Um Oh, wow. Use multiple layers of bed sheets and letting the oil slowly drip through there over days or whatever. And to filter out any of the heavies, uh, like I said, any metal particles, stuff like that. Because um, you want mm-hmm. that to, out of there before it hits the fuel filter in your engine. Um, mm-hmm. The other way to do it is with a centrifuge. And that's the route that I went with because I don't have to deal with changing filters. I don't have to buy new filters for it or anything like that. It's self-contained. And um, so it's got a bowl about that big around. You'll see it in the video. Uh, And it spins at 5,700 RPM, which puts about 4,000 Gs of centrifugal force on the inside of that bowl. Um, so any metal particles, any dirt, anything that's not good, clean oil sticks to the outside mm-hmm. of that bowl. And as the oil level oh, fills, wow. the thin, thin, clean stuff comes to the inside. It actually overflows a lip, comes to the outside, drains down as clean oil. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculously simple. Um, and it doesn't sound ridiculously simple, but I'm going to take your word for it. Uh, okay. It may, it may not be simple to make one or anything, but uh, <laughs> once I saw the videos of like how they were made, I'm like, Oh, I can do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. I love that, and man. You could, you need to make a t-shirt. I can do that. Just right across your chest. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> Definitely. I totally should. 
Um, yeah. And the one I built can clean about five gallons in an hour. Um, okay. Which is, I, from what I've seen, is about average for uh, at-home centrifuges. Well, There's actually places that make them for people to, uh, you know, reuse their own oh, oil. Cool. Um, they use them also for running uh, waste vegetable oil, for running those that through diesel motor as well. Oh, yeah. So that would be the other question is, like, could Annie also run on biodiesel? Is that a different thing? Um, that is a little bit different thing. Biodiesel is just, is actually a diesel product. Um, it is just from um, natural or, or not, um, like plant-based oils instead. But yeah. you can actually run yeah. the old mechanical diesels on like cooking oil. You know, peanut oil, corn oil, um, any of that kind of yeah. vegetable oil, uh, you can run them uh -huh. on that as well. You just don't want to mix them. Yeah, I, I actually, I oh okay, gotcha. Yeah, because I had added that in um, the ones who came before my the short story that was last season on this show, um, and I, I mentioned you know finding those old like fryer grease vats behind restaurants and using that to help create diesel fuel had i known about this whole um idea of using used motor oil i would have put that in there too so maybe that'll be in the next chapter you know <laughs> nice um yeah the biggest thing is like i said you yeah. can't mix them um and unless you're but could in, you run one and then the other on an in the next tank um i would probably run diesel between it like run some motor oil J the, uh run it straight yeah. diesel for a while uh, to kind of purge the system and then go to uh, uh -huh. vegetable oil. Um, cool. Gotcha. The reason I use motor oil though is it's a little for being a bit of a gearhead. It's a little bit more accessible. Um, but also I live in Wyoming. Vegetable oils thicken like to solid in even oh, wow. you know, when, when it starts getting cold. Um, yeah. So if you run vegetable but oil up there's here, something to think about, you have to like have a heated tank and it's kind of a, yeah. excuse me, kind of a pain in the ass. But if you're, let's say gotcha. Texas, okay. Florida, California. Yeah. Vegetable oil is, uh, very much a viable, a viable option for mechanical diesels. Gotcha. Um, so what did your um, your filter, like your recycling uh, setup cost you? Um, I ended up building my centrifuge. Um, I don't actually know most of that. I scrounged parts for. Um, even the pumps. Honestly, I think I've got less than 50 bucks in it. Uh, what really oh because yeah did you just like is everything recycled like because i know you got a couple drums are those like kind yeah, of found I, and re repurposed free from work um and they would be honestly free awesome. for, you, yeah. can, you can get oil drums like even if you go like let's say to the landfill um pretty uh -huh. much any company that uses them like mechanic shops uh -huh. stuff like that and like hey can i have an old drum they're like yeah sure it's over there yeah, please. Yeah, please cool. get rid get rid of it so <laughs> we don't have to deal with it. 
Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, especially after it's got uh, oil, because oil is like anything. Oil is technically considered like a hazardous waste, right? Um, there has to be. It has to be. Well, okay. I don't know about California because I know they're a lot stricter on a lot of that stuff. But generally speaking, right? Um, the, if it's under a certain quantity, it's not considered because then everybody that changes the the oil in their car has to have a hazmat license. Oh, right. So, uh, right. That's a good point. I know for transportation, at <laughs> least, um, it was saying anything under 119 gallons um, doesn't con- okay. doesn't need hazmat. Or if it's an individual containers less than a gallon, or you know, there's there's stipulations for okay. it. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, because I know that like a lot of. Um, uh, trucks, depending on what they're hauling, especially if it's a gasoline truck or or an oil truck or something like that, they have to have the hazmat um, symbols on the back of the truck, and it would be kind of ridiculous if every single car had to have that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, well, sweet. So, um, are there any other unique things about Annie that would like kind of keep you going in a uh, in a post-apocalypse world where there's no more manufacturing, I guess like tires would be my next question, right? Because tires also kind of have a shelf life. They do. Um, one of the ways I can't change the shelf life and I can't make tires. Um, <laughs> so the, one of the things that people can do to help their tires last longer is keep them out of the sun. Um, mm-hmm. Just keep them covered up. This uh, UV doesn't, doesn't treat them too nicely. But one of the ways that I did consider trying to combat that a little bit is the tire size that I have on Annie right now. They kind of look big and knobby because the original F600 never came with that size tire. Um, But it is a 11R22.5. So it's a 22.5 rim. That is... The single most common semi tire mm. on the road right now. Um, okay. So, you know, if I've got a scrounge tires, I should have a pretty good selection to, um, I mean, probably a third of the tires, if not more, on the road right now are that size for semis. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And of, of course, when you're thinking about these things, you always kind of, overlook the fact that you know there there is industrial manufacturing happening right now and somewhere in some places there's going to be unused tires stored somewhere that just never got sold and i imagine that those would last a bit longer if they were inside yeah like, like i said anything out of the elements is definitely going to last longer but yeah. realistically and it's kind of you know with everybody talking about fuel not lasting and uh you know let's say some world ending um, event both you know you look at both um, Fury Road and um, The Road Warrior and both of those mm-hmm. movies are based on the fact that a somebody has figured out to refine fuel of course yeah right so I mean that's going to be one of the very first things that gets uh uh, gets going again after a collapse. Uh, right. And- yeah. You got to figure any, any 
remaining government or even any community that's still trying to prosper in any way, you know, there's a few things that they'd have to figure out. And that would be like, you know, like food, clean water, uh, how to keep the sewer system flowing somehow and uh, energy. Yeah. Um, well, and, and so, yeah, being. Sorry. Uh, like no, the entire ahead. premise of the road warrior is everybody that had, that lived at that refinery were from my understanding, mm-hmm. some of the backstory on it, they were the staff that worked there and their families. And, you know, when stuff started going to uh, shit around them, they're like, Hey, we know this is a valuable commodity. People will trade mm-hmm. for fuel. Let's freaking mm-hmm. let's go hold up here where we have a, a known commodity that will be quite valuable. Uh, yeah. And then in, uh, in Fury Road, they kind of took that to the next level. We never got to visit Gastown, right? but we know that there's an entire city devoted to just refining fuel. Right. Uh, and probably, you know, pumping it up from the ground as well. But yeah, pretty, it, it makes, it, it's no stretch of the imagination that someone would, you know, figure out how to get the old stills working again. Oh, yeah. Well, and kind of the one thing I, it, just <laughs> to add something a little bit to this is, um, Anytime I post, well, not anytime, but a lot of times when I've seen it on both my posts and other people's posts about their apocalypse cars, they're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to be any good once, you know, gasoline goes bad in six months or what, mm-hmm. or, you know, when you run out of fuel. And it's like, you know, as far as like Annie's concerned, I've got around an 800 mile range before I run out of fuel. Oh, wow. Um, well, how many gallons are you holding? 135. <laughs> holy crap well i can see why you wouldn't want to be filling that up at your local uh shell station uh right but the you know, four dollars a gallon times 100 five hundred dollars to fill up your tank holy crap yep um <laughs> and if when i came went out to wasteland last year if i could find places that were under five dollars a, a gallon for diesel i was happy uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Because I think California was around seven. Oh yeah. So I guess you you could potentially do what the first first eight hundred with your fuel that you start with, but then it's a what fifteen hundred mile ride, give or take. Um. Well, you? I go down to Albuquerque, join up with the Great Forty migration, so it's fourteen hundred uh-huh. miles there, and then a thousand miles straight back. Oh wow. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it ends up okay. being twenty four hundred mile round trip for me. Um, yeah. Oh, so wait, a, so that means you only end up filling up twice from like retail, uh, stations, huh? Um, Give actually, take. if I needed to, yes, I usually end up just filling up every morning and, um, through a day, you know, full eight hour day driving, I'm in the vicinity of 70 or 80 gallons used. Um, okay. okay. So I just, like I said, fill up in the morning and call it good, but uh, it does give me the chance to kind of time it where I don't have to fill up in California. Um, you know, right. Can, yeah. That's one of the, it. that's one of my strategic things. Every time I make that drive is before I get to needles, the last stop in Arizona, uh, yep. I make sure I'm filling up everything. And now that's when I'm going to fill up my gas cans for my generator. I got 20 gallons of extra gas plus nice. plus fill my generator. So yeah, I've got 20, 
20, well, 22 and a half gallons that I'm not going to pay those California taxes on. Uh, of course, on the way out, there's no way because it takes me about a tank to get to the event. Well, actually, a couple of tanks. So I have to get it a few times before I leave the state. I can usually time it where I can get to Vegas because uh, go through Vegas and Salt Lake City on my way back. Uh, I can get about to Vegas uh, before I need to fill up. Uh, cool. But uh, the other thing. Uh, with Annie is I'm not intended to, you know, in a actual apocalypse scenario, I'm not going to keep driving. You know, I'm going to find my, my little, <laughs> uh, right. you know, I'm going to get to my little hidey hole and I'm going to stay put until uh-huh. something for some reason makes me move, whether it be a better incentive, you know, better hidey hole or, you know, stuff's getting dangerous to that area. So it's not like I'm going to be driving around all day cruising and burning up fuel. So, I love when right. people are like, yeah, and you're, oh, yeah, you'll run out of gas and you'll be done. No, it gets me to my hidey hole. I'm good. Yep. And you're already in a state that's pretty low population density. So you wouldn't even have to go that far to kind of like find your own, you know, private space, I suppose. Oh, yeah. No, Wyoming has, well, last I knew, it was around 500 or 550,000 people. The two biggest. For the whole state? Yeah. We're, we're just that's, over half a million for the entire state. We are, oh my gosh. We are I think, the lowest um, population. Lowest population in the union. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I'm in Nashville right now, and I'm looking at this up. Um, the 2023 population is 1,315,000. <laughs> so, so almost three times as many people as your whole state live in my city. Uh, and that is wild to think about. That's one of the reasons why I'm still here is I, I very much like the, <laughs> the lack of population. You know, what's funny is um, I've now been to 47 of the lower 48. Wyoming is the one I have not been to yet. Dude, come on out, man. So I'm coming. I'm coming. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I got check it off my box you. with a with an... uh, I got a, a spare room just with your name on it. Hell, I'll let you camp in Annie if you want. Oh, that would be so fun! Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I got to say, you you are absolutely right as far as like you know bringing a bringing a uh, a living situation to wasteland. Because um, I did a GP tent for a few years with no floor. And I learned after year one, bring a floor, like bring some tarps. Um, but when the wind kicks up, the the flaps start flapping and it's just a dust cloud inside the tent. Um, and, you know, my job at Wasteland is to shoot the highlights reel, which means a lot of video and audio gear. And I always had to like, you know, keep plastic wrap on top of it. Um, but then, oh, this is probably 2016-ish. I brought uh, an RV for the first time. And it was a 1982 Lazy Days RV that I barely <laughs> got there. Like it, it was not running well. Uh, but what a difference! Oh my gosh, it was just so great to have a clean space, to have like refrigeration, air conditioning, um, uh, water tanks. Like what a oh. difference! Oh, and you're, um, you're na- now I've got a slightly more modern camper. But I, I know it's it, it is. I feel super bougie now, um, but. You know, I'm working like 16 hour days. I wake up, I start shooting, you know, work on some tribe stuff, shoot some highlights, uh, do my round, say hi to everybody. 
I know so many things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I completely get super it. bougie. Oh yeah, no, and that's what you know. I've kept Annie simple. Um, I don't have a refrigerator. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it looks like it has one. It's actually an ice box. Yeah, it's got the space. Yeah, no. Oh, it, an it, actual it, ice box. Yeah, like it, it has a shelf in there. You're supposed to put a twenty pound block of ice. And it even have you done a, this? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I should, but it's uh, that it has. You a should give it a shot. A That'd little be really drain cool. line for the ice to, as it melts to drip out the outside of the camper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm I'm used to camping. Yeah, with you should you should try it. refrigeration. So and the only mm-hmm. thing I really want cold is yeah. my beer. <laughs> and how do you get a cold beer? I, you know, that's what, when they started selling ice at Wasteland, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's key. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's been really interesting to watch Wasteland prosper over, uh, the, the decade plus that I've been going. Cause those early years were rough. Uh, but even the first year we had a, we had one of the taco trucks from in town came and, you know, served nice. burritos. So it was like. There was a little bit of like humanity, <laughs> right on. And uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't buy it that year because I brought way too much food. That was my 2011. I went, I had a cooler full of like um, pre-cooked meats and just a bunch of stuff I could just throw on on a gas grill real quick to heat up. Um, and I ended up having three quarters of the cooler untouched, uh, and everything just went bad because the ice melted, and you know. The next year, I tried to go with a lot more simple, like tuna cans. And um, I tried a couple MREs, not doing that again, um, <laughs> but like really simple, like picnic stuff. And that was, I went too far in the opposite direction. Uh, my stomach was so upset at all, like the packaged cold food. I just, so now I find my happy in between, like, you know, deli sandwiches kind of is kind of my go-to like make a turkey sandwich for lunch every day just so i can be in and out yeah uh, as fast as possible and then at night it's usually like the tribe is cooking and we have this whole like you know the guys do the smoker and someone will jump on the the fire and you know whip up some stew or something it's just it's a blast yeah most definitely it's, uh yeah i always usually we try to like cook a breakfast cook a dinner and then throughout the day graze because you know depending on how you're feeling with the heat and everything you know you may not right. want something heavy something light yeah yeah i know during the day you want something really light but you have to force it down you can't not eat you have to eat oh, something yeah. yep that's right. a big thing yep agreed well um well what is what's your next project now that you know annie's kind of i mean annie will probably never be done but annie's in a really good spot right now. What's your next project? Um, for the most part, I still got, there's um, some upgrades. I want to do the Annie's motor, give me a little bit more power out of it, but um, I've got two oh, projects okay. um, kind of in the, in the works. I picked up a 1954 Mercury uh, custom or deluxe uh, coupe, not waste landing it. Um, it was a, kind of a, a true bar find. It was in storage I had a old upholstery store since 1975. Um, so it had, f- Oh my gosh. The dust on it was older than I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's in great shape. Uh, so I'm working on getting that running. 
Um, I've got a tow behind for Annie that's been out to Wasteland with me twice now. And it's a, a tow behind what? A tow behind truck. A kind of a little scout truck. Oh, okay. So, so uh, yeah, cool. Um, I want to do a engine swap on it and get it more wastelanded out. That one is getting wasteland. It's kind of, it's wasteland light right now. Like, you know, it's still allowed in the uh-huh. gates and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's all desert camo and it kind of looks like Bob's hunting truck right now. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> gotcha. I kind of want to get, um, part of me kind of wants to do a diesel on it too, just so I can do the same thing with the fuel but I'm not quite sure on that one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, finding gotcha. s- smaller diesels. There's a couple of them, but um, older mechanical diesels that are small enough to put in a F-150. Um, there's only a couple, so I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure if I'm going to go that route or not. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a short bed, little 89 F-150. Um, they call it flat towing, so it's got a tow hitch on the front bumper that I hook up to the back of Annie mm-hmm. and tow, mm-hmm. it, tow it right along too. Uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Kind of a fun little scout truck to go putts around in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Something a little bit smaller and Annie fits through the gates, right? Yeah. Annie fits oh, through yeah. the gates. Yep. A- Annie wouldn't have fit through the old gates. No. They were only 10 feet, 11 feet. I forget. Um, but yeah, I think uh, 17, I think, cause when I, the, it was the first year I made it. And yeah. 17 was, was the, the first year for the new gates. Yeah. So that worked out very nice. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. That was a fun year too. New yeah. property, new gates, new roads, putting the roads down. Um, yeah, I captured a lot of that. That's, um, the building wasteland documentary sh- shows all of that. And it was. I mean, it was a nightmare, but the people put their heart and souls into it. I mean, the, the crew was just oh, inspiring. Yeah. And ins- well, I think the, the energy that year was was kind of off the charts. I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't you know I don't know about before it. Um, and I had fun out in twenty one, twenty two. Not complaining. Amazing times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventeen did have uh, uh, a little bit more intense energy to it. Um, you know, a little bit more party hard. Uh, it was more party hard than party medium from what it seemed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think, uh, the, the build crew might've inspired that they were, they were definitely. Oh yeah. Partying like they, like they had spent a week and a half digging holes. That's they were, they were letting loose. <laughs> well, there was that, the RV fire, the wind storms, you know, it's kind of just, Oh, that's was, right. Uh, yeah, that big fifth. I can't remember if I thought it was just a fifth wheel, not an actual full RV, but one of the super big uh, fifth wheels burned to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yep. And that's the cover art for that documentary. I never I, I never actually uh, talk about that as the cover art. Um, but uh, yeah, it didn't make the uh, the fire didn't make the documentary. We left that out because I just <laughs> didn't have the story. You know, I could have showed that it happened, but I didn't get to interview anybody about it. So. Yeah, save that one. Um, But yeah, that was wild. Um, Well, cool. Uh, Will we see Atomic Annie and maybe the tow behind at uh, Wasteland Weekend 2023? Uh, Not this year. 
I've got too many other irons in the fire, uh, taking care of stuff in the house. Uh, just too much uh, other things going. And honestly, it burns all pretty much most of my vacation time. So going, mm -hmm. although I did make 21 and 22 back to back, um, going every year is mm -hmm. not really an option for me. Uh, so it'll be every other gotcha. year. Oh, that's or, unfortunate. Um, every two years or something probably for me. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's still great. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't looking, miss it. I'll be looking forward to 2024 for that reason then. Definitely. Yeah. It'll be a lot of yeah. fun. I can't wait. Awesome. Uh, well, is there anything I missed? Any other cool stuff about Annie that we should have talked about? Not uh, actually. I feel the like only we other pretty well covered. Yeah, there's only I yeah. Mean, go ahead. One other thing that I've kind of tried to to apocalypse proof Annie is everybody talks. Well, what about the, if a battery's dead? If you do, if you don't have a battery for a starter. Oh right. Um, and. I need to do some fine tuning on it because it actually isn't 100% functional right now. But I've got a setup built. And it's it's on the truck and everything. Uh, as a small single cylinder diesel motor, again running diesel. Um, actually, that one should run waste oil as well. Um, okay. As an auxiliary starter. So it's kind of like a little uh, lawnmower type motor. That I can start that up. Oh, okay. And then is with and use would that, that be like a pull start? Yeah, it's just a normal pull start, and then use that motor to oh my gosh turn over and start the main motor. <laughs> that is wild. So I still need, like I said, I need to do some oh, fine tuning on it. I can't. But yeah, it's it's there. All right, I'm gonna throw something at you. Feel free to tell me how ridiculous this is. Okay. Airplane propeller on the front. When you go to start the truck, you grab that propeller and you yank it down <laughs> as fast as you can. <laughs> um, unfortunately, with this type motor, no. Uh, no? Okay. Older. Okay, so it takes a I, And lot. I don't even know if that was a thing. I remember seeing it, that in like cartoons where actually, they would start an engine that way. It was a thing. Um it was with older, uh, especially World War One era aircraft biplanes and stuff. But you're looking a lot smaller motors, uh -huh. and they were gasoline. So uh, it's okay. much easier to actually get the motor to turn, where a diesel motor is, um, you have to have a, a lot larger freaking motor to turn. The starter motor in Annie is literally like this long and like this big around. Uh, no way. Wow. Yeah. Diesels take a lot bigger starter. Um, the only other thing I've seen and actually with them that I couldn't quite figure out a way to make it work is back in World War II, especially the Germans would do on some of their tanks. They'd have these hand cranks, but it wouldn't turn the motor. You'd have this crank and you'd crank it and you, you could hear it through a gearbox. It would turn this big flywheel inside the truck inside the tank so you, you hear it uh -huh. kind of slowly winding up like a turbine going and it keeps building up building up until it's fast enough and then you'd uh reach in and flip a switch which would engage a, a clutch or something you know and that flywheel uh -huh. would, would spin over the motor 
and start the uh, start the diesel. Oh, that's wild. Uh, All right, like so you that. got a, you got a couple options, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, the uh, using a smaller motor to start the motor that makes a lot of sense. Um, and they actually did it in some construction equipment back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, you know, like the huh. uh, bulldozer that sits out in the field for a year, two years. They go, you know, they only use it for once a year. Just take a little bit of gas. They usually uh-huh. use a little gas motor, but they called them a, a pony motor. And they'd run that up and then use that to start the main motor. Oh, funny. Yeah. Funny. Anyway. That's huh. Wild. Okay, cool. That's the only thing I, I can think of offhand. Well, well, I'm very excited to see that. And yeah, you're right. So we talked about, you know, running on fuel. We talked about our tires and I totally missed it. The start battery, the starter battery. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a really unique um, uh, answer to that. And well, I the, love that you're kind of going back to this like older technology that was there before, you know, modern starters. Yeah, because even, okay, any gas motor, even without the starter, still takes electricity to run for spark plugs. The older diesels, mm-hmm. no spark plug. Even if I... Right. The motor itself in any mechanical diesel does not take electricity at all to run. At all. Wow. There's no... Wow. Other than the starter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's... Uh, they do have their advantages. Pretty neat. Wait, do you don't you still would you still need a battery to run like headlights or does, would that just come straight off an alternator? That would come uh, that would come off an alternator. Okay, okay. No, Annie has an alternator and a battery and everything uh, to run all of that and lights and stuff like that. But as far as essential uh-huh. to you know make the motor run and be able to drive the truck, I do not need electricity. You know, head, headlights would be nice at uh, night, but you know. <laughs> of of course, but who's traveling at night with all those raiders out there anyway? Yeah. <laughs> not me. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'd be. You know, not. I won't. I won't intrude on your uh, campground, your safe pocket of world uh but i'd probably be at the campsite right next to you uh of course figuring out how to run my air conditioner (laughs) (laughs) be like hey travis can i borrow your uh alternator real quick i'm getting a little warm (laughs) all right well thank you so much for you know giving us this audio tour of atomic annie um yeah a few of the other projects you've been working on it this it is uh, this is fascinating to me because i am not a black thumb whatsoever um, and I am very technology uh, oriented just in my work, in my world. Um, and so I, f- I find all this super fascinating. And I, I thank you for sharing. Anytime, anytime. It's always, always a pleasure. Awesome. Excellent. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to have you come back on when you've got that uh, tow behind vehicle all decked out. And so we can go over, you know, that fine line between Wasteland Basic and an actual um uh, like art car that's appropriate, right? Yeah, definitely. Would love to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, guys for all of you out there. Um, well, actually Travis, you, you started posting this project on Facebook somewhere, right? Did you end up, you've got a channel too, right? Um, no channel. It's, like, uh, where, where can people keep following along? Uh, Facebook is, uh, atomic Annie, the wasteland war rig. 
Um, TikTok is a 600 just Atomic Annie truck on TikTok and on Instagram. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so follow along because uh, Travis is always working on something cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've learned a lot just watching those posts. So I appreciate that you yeah. share with the world. Yeah, good deal, man. Awesome. Hey, survivors, makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com backslash the apocalypse post. Hey survivors, thanks for checking out another episode of the Apocalypse Post. Please subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, share it with your friends. But if you hated it, share it with your enemies in all of its dirty, greasy, unrefined, unfiltered splendor. I'll see you next time, survivors. Till then, stay alive. And days and days and days and days and days and days.